It is Monday, October 31st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Week 8 of the NFL will wrap up tonight with Monday Night Football. And World Series Game 3 in Philadelphia. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, a spooky edition here on Halloween, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Buffalo Bills annihilate the Green Bay Packers, though the score is a little closer than the game, 27-17 the final. Christian McCaffrey, a historic day for the 49ers. And game three of the World Series underway tonight. What is the Vegas lead? It's week eight of the NFL season, AJ. And I uh, hope you enjoyed my spookiness I, it was to very, start. I, I'm almost to scared to finish the show. the show, honestly. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> you know who should be scared is anybody who plays against the Buffalo Bills. We call that a segue in the biz. I like that. And that was my segue into how good this Buffalo Bills team is. Now, they did not cover last night. Why? Because the game closed at 10 and a half, and they won by 10 10 points. 27-17 was the final. Josh Allen, 218 yards and two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs had a big night with 108 yards and a touchdown. And really, the Bills just showed... And we could talk about the Packers all we want. We've been negative on them for the past several weeks. I'll be more negative today than I've been all season. Sure. Well, we'll, let, we'll get into I, that. For good reason. But I, but I think the Bills also really showed on national television Sunday night football against Aaron Rodgers. And, yes, a depleted Packers team, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. They showed that it doesn't matter who they play against. This is head and shoulders the best team in the NFL. And, I would look. listen, I would love to see a Bills-Eagles matchup tomorrow. But we're not going to get that. Not until we get to the first weekend, second weekend in February. Mm-hmm. But this is – are they still number one DVOA in offense and defense? Because they were at one point this season, and that had not happened in a long time in the NFL. Yeah, they went into week eight first in defensive DVOA, second in offensive DVOA behind just the Chiefs, but number one uh, by about 15% overall over the next closest team, which was the Eagles. They're just dominating. They're dominating games. And you look back on the one loss, and it was to the Dolphins, and the heat and the fatigue played a factor. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the Buffalo Bills, but the bottom line is I just don't know when they're going to lose another game this year. I I don't know. And they didn't even really have to break a sweat. Nope. I mean – this was a game that felt it was under control from the very beginning. Josh Allen throws a couple late picks. Didn't matter. They, I mean, at that point, they were just they were playing with their food. Uh, this team is so complete. They are elite offensively. Obviously, uh, we saw Devin Singletary when when leaned upon can have a have himself a day. Had a good day running the football. He would keep, especially in the first half. He really controlled the game. It didn't take Josh Allen throwing for 400 yards. Josh Allen was just dinking and dunking, moving his team, keeping the ball. There was like between, I know it was like midway through the first and midway through the third quarter, the Bills didn't see a third down. It was just, I mean, they just were moving the ball at will. And here's the scary thing their defense is just as good. Yeah. And, and they get pressure without blitzing. Like they, they do all the things that you want a, a, an elite team to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, it, it, there's so many guys that can beat you. And I noticed, and I lost a prop on this on, on Gabe Davis over yards. I said, Oh, Gabe Davis going to have a big day because the, the Packers have one guy uh, <laughs> that, that, that they can throw at, at, you know, from a defensive standpoint, they can throw at you. He'll be on digs. Not the case. He started yeah. the game on Davis. So it was a, a, an interesting strategy by the Packers, but that's the thing. The Bills, whoever whoever you try to take away from them, they've got someone else. And you saw last night just a complete performance from the Bills. Uh, and again, I think the score a lot closer than the game itself was. I want to talk for a second about the Packers. Please do. It feels like this team has quit because... And you're just saying that now. No, well, Because it's me, looked like that to me for a couple of weeks. Let me give you a reason why. 
from a game plan perspective tonight, mm-hmm. when you play the Buffalo Bills, the idea that you're going to win the game by running the ball more than you throw the ball <laughs> is foolhardy. It really is. And I know, like, I get you want to you want to keep the keep the Josh Allen on the sidelines, keep the ball in your hands. And you know what? There's no way Aaron Packers Rod- did that. 34 there, minutes to 26 minutes. They, there, they won the no, time of possession. No way Aaron Rodgers was comfortable with this game plan. Couldn't have been. The 31 rushes, 30 pass attempts. And you know what? You ran the ball really well. Aaron Jones had the game of his career. Probably 20 yard, 20 carries, 143 yards. Uh, a huge game. Guess what it got you? Absolutely nothing. Like so, it, it was if the goal tonight was <laughs> let's not get humiliated. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You didn't get humiliated, but they never had a chance to win the game with that strategy. Would you have kicked the field goal on that first drive? No. So, let's see. 38 no. 48. It's a 56 yarder. No, I wouldn't have. Here and here's why. You you need touchdowns. You've got to be I, aggressive. I understand that. I am all for that. But I'm also all for seeing yourself winning on the scoreboard. Yeah. And coming away after you hold Josh Allen to three and out on his opening possession and coming away with your opening possession with a lead, even if that leads 3 nothing, and you know it's going to disappear in a heartbeat, it's still a motivating factor for your team. Now, I don't know if they make a 56, 57 yarder. Then again, I mean, that's what kickers do nowadays, right? Like it's Mason Crosby. You can easily make well, a 56. He, missed a, he missed a shorter one than that later sure. in the game. But I, I'm all for being aggressive, and I understand you don't beat the Buffalo Bills by by kicking field goals. To me, there's just something psychologically about seeing your team come away with points in that drive that I might have kicked a field goal there from whatever it was. They were on the 38-yard line, and then so yeah, 56-yard field goal. I would have kicked it. I, I yeah, I, I just felt like they had to they had to put up touchdowns today, and the 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 entire strategy should have been we've got to go ball. And I mean, listen, you're three and four. What do you got to lose here? You, yeah. you've, you've lost three games in a row to mediocre competition. Mm-hmm. Now you're out there with the best team in the league. You've got to sell out to win this game. And they did the exact opposite. At that, at that moment, when they went for it, I said, okay, they're doing the right thing here. Yeah. They're really going to go for things. But for the rest of the night last night, they just it felt like they just didn't want to get embarrassed. I don't, and, ha- I don't have an update on the division odds, but they're not winning this division. Not after... No, the, the Vikings, Vikings keep finding a way to yeah, win games. Not, not after they win, but right now you look at the standings in the NFC North, and it's Minnesota six and one, and then the Packers three and five. Minnesota before the season was plus two fifty to win the North, and the Packers were the favorite. This Packers team, forget about the divisions out of reach now, but this isn't a playoff team. They don't feel like a playoff team to me. I, I, I just I don't see it. I, I don't see what what part of this team is like the. Oh, you know what? They're really good at this, or they're really good at this. Last night was the first night this season. I've been here saying, you know what the Packers need to do more? Run the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get to the one game where running the ball is a negative EV strategy, and you run the ball all night. It's it's insane to me what they're doing. I, I don't understand it. I really don't get what they're doing. Like I said, it felt like last night they didn't want to get embarrassed mm-hmm. And they said, this is the way for us not to get blown out. But maybe it's morale. I don't know what it is because clearly morale's down with that team. You've got players getting kicked out of the game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, was, it, it was an ugly night. But, and it, really, Jair Alexander barking all night at guys. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it was, you know. So it, we're at the pseudo midway point of the season, right? Normally this yeah. would be the midway point, but now there's a 17th game, not an 18th game, uh, not a 16th game, excuse me. So with the 17th game, we're, we're at the, the pseudo. The next this week and next week are the midway points of the yep. season. So the Packers and your answer. I'm going to ask you a question. You could say neither or neither. Okay. <laughs> Packers are three and five. Bucks are three and five. Which one are you more confident in having a winning second half? The Packers or the Bucks? Whew, that's a good question. Um... I mean, the Packers, I mean, excuse me, the Bucks division is so much more winnable 
I'm not I, talking about winning the division. I'm just talking about over the course of their next nine games. I'll say the Bucks, and here's why. You know what the Packers have on their schedule remaining? Well, they're at Detroit next week. They're going to be three-and-a-half, four-point favorites, it looks like, on the road. I don't know can't that I'm playing the Packers. Can't wait to take the lines. Right. Cowboys, Titans, Eagles, at the Bears, who I, I don't know what the – I Revenge mean, play. I, I know Rodgers owns the Bears, but I don't know. The Rams at the Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. I don't know where these wins are coming from. Mm-hmm. Like I get, you know, let's say you give them their division wins. Let's let's say you give them two and zero against the Lions and they beat the Bears, the Cowboys, Titans, Eagles, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings. Maybe get one of those. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, the Bucks. This re- is a sub five hundred team. The Bucks remaining schedule: Rams, Seahawks. And we'll get to the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, at the Browns in the Browns' last game before Deshaun Watson, so maybe a little lucky break there. Assuming no other news comes out. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, Saints, 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals, Panthers, Falcons. There's some tough games there, too. Yeah, it, Nobody's got it. N- neither one. Neither. I'm going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with neither one of these teams has an easy path to a, to a winning season. Uh, but, I, listen, what I've seen of the Packers is just there's something – completely wrong with them. Yeah. Um, I've been saying it for weeks. I feel like I'm ahead of the curve here, guys, because haven't I been saying every week how broken this Packers team is? Yeah. And it's like no one no one believed me when I took the Giants against the Packers. No one believed me when I took the Jets against the Packers. I didn't take the Commanders against the Packers, just so you know. <laughs> but I said there's something wrong with this football team. They 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 it just doesn't look right. Sometimes the eye test is enough, it tells you. And it's funny, in hindsight, a coin flip win against the Patriots doesn't look as great as it was. Coin flip win against the Bucks doesn't look the as great as it was. Coin flip win against the three and five Bucks. Yeah. yeah. So listen, this is a this is a, a busted team right now. And I wonder if there's like regrets that for Aaron Rodgers for coming Has to back. be. Has to be. There's a reason why Devontae Adams chose to leave. I, I think that he realized listen, this this thing isn't what it's been. It's not going to be what it's been. And good on him for getting out when he saw it. I mean, not that he went to a, a great landing spot, it doesn't look like. <laughs> uh, but it, it, there's something wildly different about this year's team than last year's team. Maybe it's Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, maybe he's a much better Could coordinator be. than he is a head coach. Maybe. But, uh, it happened, that happens a lot in, in this league. But this, was, this is a weird situation where this team should not be as bad as they are. The defense is now bad. Uh, the offensive line is not good. There's just there's anything that could be wrong with this team mm-hmm. is wrong with them right now. And listen, it, it, Aaron Rodgers saying, "Well, maybe, maybe going up against the Bills is the best thing that could happen to this team." I think now we know that was not the, not the case. Maybe going up against the Lions is the best thing that can happen <laughs> to this team. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what happens next week because it, it, it probably won't be the best thing to happen to this team. Let's take a run through the rest of the schedule, and let's start with the early morning game. Let's ride. Broncos Broncos country. country, Let's Let's ride. ride. Let's ride. Uh, Looks like the high knees paid off. Looks like, well, did it? I I don't know. The the Broncos look like they were going to find another way to lose, (laughs) and they get one in late, get a 21-17 win over Jacksonville. Uh, Russell Wilson Leads them down the field, scores the game, or Latavius Murray scores the game-winning touchdown under two minutes to go mm-hmm. uh, after Jacksonville had just two minutes earlier taken the lead. Uh, so a much-needed win for the Denver Broncos and the Jags season. A lot of high expectations for the Jags coming into this year continue to disappoint. It's every week, AJ. I don't get it. I say it on the Dream Pod every week. Why do people love the Jaguars? And I said, maybe it's just, I keep saying the same thing. Maybe it's just some one, one group, one syndicate that just loves the Jaguars and just bets them every week because the line is always in, inflated. It was in, it, it, The line moved before the season started. The line's in their favor every week. I don't know why everyone loves the Jaguars. Maybe it's like reverse line movement. It's like they're inflating the Jaguars' lines. So they can bet against them every maybe week. Maybe so. And maybe that's what they're doing because this is a 2-6 and six football team. That's who they are. This is not a upstart. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in his second year. You know, Travis Etienne. They're going to look great. They're going to. Well, gonna Travis win. Etienne did look great. 156 yards Who on the cares? ground. But they're two and they're six. a bad team. They're not a good football team. And this isn't like 
They're going to be the upstart that's going to win the division. Everybody grab your division tickets on the Jaguars. They're not even going to go over their season win total. No. This team is bad. Yep. All right, let's look at the Atlanta Falcons getting a win in overtime over the Carolina Panthers. What a game this was. Kind of a bad beat if you had the Falcons, it feels like. uh, Well, this is a bad beat just for both sides. So the Falcons, (laughs) Falcons are about to win this game, and they're about to cover this game. P.J. Walker, Texas Ranger, connects with D.J. Moore on a 62-yard prayer to tie the game, but because DJ Moore is so fired up, he takes his helmet off in celebration, causing there to be an, a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty enforced on the point after try. And Eddie Pinheiro misses the extra point. So, we go to overtime, where Marcus Mariota throws An interception, and the Panthers are in plus territory. They march it down in the red zone, milking the clock, using Deontay Foreman to set up where Pinheiro wants to kick the football, and Pinheiro misses the field goal in overtime. Shorter. Than an NFL extra point. Yeah, I can't, ima- I can't imagine he's got a job for much longer. 32 yards. And the Falcons win with a young way coup uh, uh, field goal to win it 37-34. So Falcons almost blew this game, and uh, they got lucky. But if you had the Panthers plus the points, nice cash. Yeah, very well, well done. All right, let's move on to the next game. Dallas Cowboys take care of business against the Chicago Bears. It looked like Justin Fields did some things right, but this was a nice game for Dak Prescott and a really nice game for Tony Pollard, who may have officially uh, taken over lead running back duties for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I know the lines were inflated because as soon as Ezekiel Elliott is announced out, all of Tony Pollard's props go up, right? Sure. And so you're getting inflated numbers on Tony Pollard. Still, we're all morons for not betting over on Tony. <laughs> He's been so Tony much Bob. more effective than he Zeke. He really is. He really has been, and he had a, a masterful game, 131 yards, three touchdowns. He's more explosive than Zeke. Uh, you know, you saw you saw him rip off a couple of big ones. He had that 50-something yarder, and Dak looked okay, and, and just this, this Cowboys team, what more can you say? They were heavy favorites going into the game, and they covered. So it was a a nice, easy win for the Dallas Cowboys. Miami Dolphins 31, the Lions 27. I think anybody who said Tua can't play quarterback in this league <laughs> probably has to walk that back now. This, this, 382 yards and three touchdowns for Tua. This was an amazing game, and uh, I gave out the Dolphins um, on pregame.com as one of my plays laying three and a half. Guess what? They covered. Uh, I also bet them live in-game. And I think betting against the Lions live in-game is just the most profitable thing you can do. Because this team You know just, they're going to melt. You know they're going to melt. You know they don't play defense. They jump out to leads, and then they lose it. So they're up 7 nothing. Dolphins are about to tie the game, go up, you know, make it 7-7, but they fumble. Lions right down the field, it's 14 nothing. That's when I live bet it. Okay, got the Dolphins at plus 5.5, down 14 nothing. It's then 14-7, 21-7, and by the end of the half, it's 27-17. And at that point, I'm like, there's no way the Dolphins don't win this game because they're going to score three touchdowns in the, in, the thir- in the second half. Yeah, They only got two touchdowns in the second half, but it was good enough to win. And, yeah, you're right. Tua, and, and part of my handicap, if you listen to the Dream Pod, I said – you look at this Dolphins team and you look at this offense and the, the, the strength is the speed. You're going up against the worst pass defense in the NFL. Literally, the Lions rank dead last in DVOA against the pass. And the speed indoors on that fast track, you knew these corners were not going to be able to hang with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill had 12 catches, 188 yards. Jalen Waddle had eight catches, 106 yards. This is the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL, and Tua is balling out. Dolphins are dangerous. 
No doubt. Uh, let's look at the Arizona Cardinals coming up short. 34-26, the Vikings get the win. A couple second-half interceptions for Kyler Murray seals his fate. Uh, and a good day for Dalvin Cook carrying the football. Well, you said it. It was the the, the interceptions for uh, Kyler Murray that did him in. And uh, if he doesn't throw a couple of interceptions, I think maybe they have a chance to win this game. They, they were down eight. They had a chance driving to tie it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, for the second week in a row, makes a big difference. 12 catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. I was this close to giving out the Cardinals plus four as one of my plays on pregame.com. And something told me to hold back. Well done. And I held back. Well done. The Minnesota Vikings. I wish I played, keep, the, I wish I played the over, though. Keep finding a way to win games, particularly at home. Now 4-0 at home, 6-1 and overall. And the Arizona Cardinals fall to 3-5. and The offense looks better with Hopkins back. Yeah. They're still a bad defense, though. And Kyler Murray's still prone to those big mistakes. The New England Patriots get back on track. 22-17, Zach Wilson, who I always say is the worst quarterback in the league. Looked like it. Looked like the worst quarterback in the league today, despite his final stat line that says 355 yards and two touchdowns. Well, uh, he, he was dreadful. He made he made some good throws, and he made some plays getting the football, especially to Garrett Wilson, who had a nice day. But he made he had two interceptions in this game. What do you have? Did he finish with three or two? He might have finished with three interceptions, right? Three interceptions on the day. But two of them were so egregious that I I would yell at a Pop Warner quarterback <laughs> for making these mistakes. Like, he's rolling out away from pressure, and he's trying to throw the ball out of bounds, but he throws it to the, he throws it to the defense. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? How, do you, how does an NFL quarterback not have that mindset to just throw the ball out of bounds? Uh, two terrible, terrible interceptions on balls that he was either trying or should have been trying to throw it out of bounds. And this was my fear for the Jets. Losing Brees Hall, they were going to put now more pressure on Zach Wilson to win them a football game, yeah. and he's not able to do it. Michael Carter, who I insist is just a guy, seven carries, 26 yards for the game. Now, maybe next week. James Robinson has a full week Maybe. plus to get a custom, get get involved in the play. But I'll be honest, I don't think James Robinson's Brees Hall either. Sure, good point. You know, I, I, that's eventually you need someone who's explosive if you want to relieve that pressure off mm-hmm. of Zach Wilson. I, I just don't know if they have it. So, I, I think the Jets are in trouble going forward. One team who's not in trouble: the Philadelphia Eagles remain unbeaten, seven and zero, thirty-five, thirteen winners. Over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Eagles first half continues to be the best bet in all of football. I hit it today. I hit it as well. <laughs> this is this is just it's it's like it's just free money here. They're so good early in football games. They build up a lead and then they just let their defense go to work. They 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 play so well with a lead because they can pin the, on the defensive front. They can pin their ears back and just get after the quarterback. And they don't make the mistakes that allow teams to come back in games. Jalen Hurts is fantastic. A.J. Brown, uh, what more can you say about this guy? Three touchdowns, big game for him. Three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, He was incredible. Uh, And then they just milked the game away in the second half. So this is a a dangerous team. But Eagles' first half just continues to, to bring everybody some bread. Washington Commanders break the hearts of the Indianapolis Colts who... Looked like they had everything going their way. Washington scores a touchdown with 22 seconds left in the game. 17-16 winners. Yeah, it was the big pass to Terry McLaurin that set them up there at the end. Uh, And Taylor Heineke, when Carson Wentz is healthy, he's the backup. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, Heineke's got to be the starter from I, now on. I agree, and he he rushed in that touchdown late. That was a big play. Sam Ellinger. Looked like a guy who was making his first NFL start. Uh, looked a little little nervous out there. Uh, the offensive line didn't do him any favors, yeah. but 17 of 23, 201 yards. And we know the only reason why he's in there is because Jim Irsay says we got to see him in there because if he's not our quarterback next year, then we're drafting a quarterback. Well, also, if we're going to stink, why pay Matt Ryan his playing time incentives? Well, yeah, of course. Well, Matt Ryan's <laughs> out for the year. I'm saying they could have gone to anybody else. They could have gone to Nick Foles, whatever. Yeah. But they're just saying, hey, we need to see what this kid can do because 
maybe we don't have to draft a quarterback next year. Some things never change. San Francisco 49ers, Sean McVay continues to have no answers for Kyle Shanahan. 31-14, the Niners beat the Rams. Christian McCaffrey, have a day. When I gave this out on the Dream Pod, I said McCaffrey is going to have a much bigger role in this offense because the 49ers had extended time to get him involved in the game plan. He had a passing touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown, and he had a receiving touchdown. That has not happened in the NFL since LaDainian Tomlinson did it in 2005. What a historic performance by a guy who makes such an impact to a team. I tweeted this out, AJ. I said, and I was kind of poking fun at, yes, the point spread, but also at the idea of, you know, quarterbacks are the only ones that should move lines. I said McCaffrey is worth more than one point. End of discussion. Yeah. He's that valuable to this football team, and it completely changes the 49ers. It, it certainly gives him a, a, a different look. Uh, I, I think that they should be excited about what they've got. and They played this game without Debo Samuel. Yeah. Just wait till Debo and McCaffrey are on the field at the same time. The Houston Texans. This is one of the most embarrassing uh, situations I've seen all year. The, the, the Titans come in with a backup quarterback you know can't throw, yet you still allow Derrick Henry to have his way with you. 219 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. This may be the most damning stat for the Texans, though. On the final drive of the game for the Texans, they went 12 plays and 90 yards, scored a touchdown to make it 17 to 10. The the Titans did. Yeah. It, no, the Texans did. Oh, the te- Texans. Yeah, scored, the yes. Texans. Uh-huh. They cut it to 17 yes. 10. Yep. And before that, they had 51 yards of total offense. Yeah, it was pathetic. 51 yards in an NFL football game. They they did not break a hundred yards until the final mm-hmm. drive of the game. I think any discussions about who the worst team in the league are, it, like the Texans, have to be in that discussion. Oh yes, watching the Panthers yesterday. No, it's 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 clearly the Houston Texans are the worst team in the league. And I don't know. This is like this reminds me of a game where if you were playing Madden, you would just play punt block on defense mm-hmm. and like not cover anybody. No, you don't because need to. Malik Willis was 6 of 10 for 55 yards and an interception. They didn't trust him to do anything. No. But when you hand the football off to Derrick Henry 32 times, and he averages about 7 yards a carry, yeah, that's all you have to do yeah. all game. And that's all they did. It's embarrassing in a way. Like My, my son, when he plays, uh, he picks up with a little league team, and he's a, a pretty high-level pitcher, and he'll – Tell the catcher doesn't have know any signs, so yeah. he tells the kid before he throws fastball, <laughs> change up. Yeah. Like he says it out loud. The Tennessee Titans said, Derrick Henry, run right. Yeah. yeah. Derrick Henry, <laughs> run left. Couldn't stop it. They couldn't stop it. This is humiliating. Humiliating. And the Titans aren't a good team, even with Ryan Tannehill. A one dimensional Titans team should not be doing this to anybody. The, the Texans are a, a an absolute laughing stock right now. I don't know if if I'm sitting here and I'm CJ Stroud, I just say, you know what? Don't take me, Houston. I'll, <laughs> Please, I'll I'll, I'll I'll sit out. I'll do whatever I got to do. Just, I'm coming back for my senior year. Just yeah, just don't take me. Hey, if I'm Bryce Young, Houston, no, no, I don't I don't want it. Will Levis would be like, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, he'll take anything. Uh, The New Orleans Saints 24, Las Vegas Raiders egg fall to 0-4 on the road. Embarrassing. Everything was set up for the Raiders to to win in this spot, and they just completely no-showed. Derek Carr, 15 of 26, 101 yards, and an interception. Maybe he should play for the Texans. Josh Jacobs, his brother won't let him. (laughs) I think think David is still shell-shocked from that rookie year. Sacked more than any quarterback in NFL history. Yep. Played against, played played behind the worst offensive line in yep. NFL history. Anyway, um, Josh Jacobs, who has been arguably offensive player of the year this year in the NFL, or at least one of the candidates, did nothing. Yep. They could not get any running lanes open. 
They couldn't stop Andy Dalton. They couldn't tackle out uh, Taysom Hill. When you know Taysom Hill's running the football, they couldn't stop Taysom Hill from running the football. And Alvin Kamara had himself a field day. That that's the bottom line. This is this was a more prepared Saints team that just walloped the Raiders. Yeah, this is a, a defense that's looked bad all year, and suddenly the the Raiders who. We've been high on their offense. The Raiders' offense has moved the ball against really good teams, did absolutely nothing today. And Josh um, McDaniel says, if you're going to point the finger, point the finger at, at me. Well, yeah, we are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're, you're just you're not a very good head coach. So uh, the, the Raiders, it, it, I know there's a, a lot of Vegas power rankings have the, the Raiders pretty high, including Fezzik, who he came in Mm-mm. with him seventh. I, that can't be the case anymore. So a, a really bad look for Las Vegas. Last one, the Seattle Seahawks get a 27-13 win over the New York Giants. I'm starting to think Seattle's for real. I'm starting to think this is a good team. This is a playoff caliber team. Seahawks moved to 3-1 and one at home. Uh, Giants, just their second loss of the season. First road loss this year. Yeah, uh, tough situation. Giants, it's a, they're down 7. They're, they're getting the football back with... Plenty of time left in the fourth quarter to engineer a game-tying drive. And for the second time in the game, they muff a punt. Yeah, the second time in – two times in that game, it was uh, Richie James fumbling the football on a punt return. Uh, Seattle then scored a touchdown, and once it's a 14-point game, like, that's it. Like, it's it's just – it's over. I was surprised. Giants offense wasn't good enough yesterday to come back from a two-score deficit. And I'm not saying that they were guaranteed to even come back from a one-score deficit, but at least they showed in the game the ability to come back from a one-score deficit. I was surprised Daniel Jones didn't have more success against his defense, which yeah. is, is looks susceptible at times. Uh, just a, a, a very... 2020 Daniel Jones type of day. Yeah, settled for field goals in the second half. They had two drives that got down, um, you know, into the red zone. Two long drives, and uh, they one drive stalled at the 13 yard line, settled for a field goal. Another drive stopped at the 27 yard line, settled for a field goal, and then um, they get to the 29 yard line. But that was when they were down two scores. They went for it on fourth down, and didn't get it. But uh, yeah, it was really. The, the 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 big possession that I think did them in was after Seattle scores to take a seven-point lead, the Giants go three and out. And then they give the ball right back to Seattle. Now, kudos to the Giants for holding Seattle to a three and out and getting the football back, but then they muffed the punt. But still, the, the, the Giants had had success on their prior two drives, and on that drive, they needed to answer, and they were unable to do so. Too many three and outs. If you go look back at the start of the game, uh, three and out, three and out, three and out. The first three possessions of the Giants were just nine plays. And of those nine plays, Daniel Jones pass. Daniel Jones incomplete. Daniel Jones pass. Next possession, Daniel Jones pass. Daniel Jones sack. Daniel Jones pass. Third possession, Saquon Barkley run. Daniel Jones incomplete, Daniel Jones incomplete. What was missing? What was the one thing that, that you only heard one time? It wasn't a lot of run in the football. Saquon Barkley run. He, well, he should, they should have fed him right from the start. A couple things I'll say about that. The injuries on the offensive line and, and tight end, I, I think, had something to do with their, yeah. their game planning. You're right. And this was by far the least effective day running the football for Saquon Barkley. And kudos to the Giants because I thought that they were going to get run all over. And the defense continues to play well. Kenneth, yeah. they, they held Kenneth Walker mm-hmm. down because uh, the Giants' D has been bad against the run for the last couple weeks. And I thought, boy, Kenneth Walker, the way he's playing, he's going to have a field day. They held him in check, but their own running game was completely inept. 53 yards on 20 carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost a full yard less yard per carry than his next worst game this yeah. season. Saquon just could not get anything going this week. And Seattle now 5-3. They're in first place in the division. Yeah, they're ahead of the 49ers. 49ers are 4-4. Four and four. Seattle's 5-3. and three. And some winnable games at, at Arizona. The Bucks and the Raiders, their next three games, I, I don't think that, you, like, Seattle could, you could say they, I could see them going 3-0. Wouldn't shock me. I, that wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, this this Seattle team, yes, if the season ended today, they would be the division winner. But 
it, let's say the 49ers do win this division because I think the 49ers are the best team in this division. At 5-3, and three, Seattle has built themselves an early cushion. And just look at the teams that they would right now be in contention for. Let's say they were not. Like, look at where the 49ers are. 49ers are 4-4. Four and four. They're the seventh seed in the NFC. That's it. Like, everyone else is bad. 3-4, three 3-5, and 3-5, three and 3-5, three and 3-5. Three and three and Seattle is putting themselves in a great position. To be a playoff team, this I year. think absolutely. And on a day where, you know, Tyler Lockett didn't have a, his best day, he, he cost him some points. He fumbles. He made uh, up for it by catching the touchdown at the end. But he also dropped a, a, an easy touchdown mm-hmm. catch, yep. so he left some points on the field. But you're right; he did come through at the end. A lot of mistakes this week for Seattle. A lot of mistakes for the Giants. I, I, I think that the difference was just the. The Seahawks are better than I think we all yeah, thought they absolutely. were. The last, absolutely. Last week, the Giants, they didn't have to play their best game, and they could still get by on the, against mm-hmm. the Jags. This was a different team, Seattle. This, I, I agree with you. I think this is a playoff team. Monday Night Football will wrap up week eight tonight. The Cleveland Browns hosting the Cincinnati Bengals in the battle for Ohio. The Bengals are a three-point favorite. This line moved down once it was announced that Jamar Chase is out for the foreseeable future for the Cincinnati Bengals. How do you think this affects their offense tonight? I think it certainly affects them, but I still like the Bengals here. I I, I said before, I think the Bengals have such good depth at wide receiver that this was not going to turn me off them. If anything, this just gives you a little bit of value. Unfortunately, I placed a bet early in the week on the the Bengals. I'm at three and a half, Mm -hmm. so I've got an off-market number. But I do think that they still do well. I like that Joe. Uh, I'll give you a player prop here. I like that Joe Burrow's pass prop, his passing yards prop, went down after they announced Chase was out. Two hundred sixty-three and a half. I, I think he does that. I, I think Tyler Boyd, who's who's you know back from the dead. Uh, I, I think he comes through. I, I, I think that T Higgins continues to have a big day. Uh, so I, I think that this is a, a, a game where Joe Burrow says this is this is more about me than it is about any one wide receiver or this offense is more about mm-hmm. our, our passing game than it is any one wide receiver I like uh you know I like over on both guys over on T Higgins over on Tyler Boyd uh Tyler Boyd 62 and a half receiving yards right now T Higgins 74 and a half receiving yards right now I mean these are the next men up in this Bengals depth chart or even just on their Stat sheet, like I read this off during the week on on SOVAM. If you look at the receiving uh, targets for the Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase has 30 more targets than anybody else on the team. He has 74 targets. Up next is T. Higgins, and then it's Hayden Hurst and Tyler Boyd. So I would expect Tyler Boyd to see a major role increase, and we've seen it from him in the past. This is a talented wide receiver that people, you know, last year before the emergence of Jamar Chase were like, this is the guy that's going to have a big leap this year, right? So uh, I expect to see some some Tyler Boyd love coming up here tonight. And here's what I like about the Bengals. They are very good against the run. 81 rushing yards per game allowed. I get Nick Chubb is better than your average bear at running back but if you if you focus in and take him away I feel I feel good about my chances if you're saying Jacoby Brissett's got to beat us that's a fair point um would you think about anywhere else to attack this game any half any quarter total interest you at all I don't think so because I I, I will say because the Browns' run defense has been so bad, I could see the Bengals going back to the Joe Mixon show. And, so and let me ask you something. 22 first half total. Do you like over, under? If it's going to be a running attack, is this an under game? I, again, I it, this is confusing to me because I think it depends on how much they feel Jamar Chase impacts their offense. The last three weeks, if you bet under on the Bengals, you would have been a fool. Yeah. Because they changed their offense fundamentally. If they decide, well, Jamar Chase is out, the Browns stink against the run. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe this is an over game, or maybe this is an under game because they go a heavy rush. But because the Browns stink so bad against the run, you run the ball effectively mm-hmm. enough, it can you can hit an over pretty quick. So I, I'm going to stay away from the total. 
Uh, I, I'll look at another prop as well, though. I'll look at Joe Burrow's over rushing yards as well, Ooh. which is at 15 and a half. He's, he's actually run pretty well. Uh, in the last two games, he's run for over 20 yards per game against a bad run defense. I could see him scrambling around making some moves. 15 and a half feels like a low number. It is a low number, uh, especially in a primetime game, right? No doubt. Nationally televised standalone game. We usually I will say, though, running props. RJ always tells me, be careful betting overs on marquee players yeah. on standalone mm-hmm. games. So it, proceed with caution. Well, in the last two weeks, Joe Burrow, 62 of 79 passing for 781 yards, six touchdowns, and zero picks. Uh, the Bengals 13-2 and two against the spread in their last 15 games. They've covered five straight games. Joe Burrow in his last 14 starts, 12-2. and two. ATS and the Browns under Kevin Stefanski are three and eleven against the spread within the division. I, I think Bengals is the only way to look tonight. Agree. All right, some sad news for the show. I appreciate all the support on Twitter. I also appreciate all the people telling me who I should have played in my last man standing after the fact. I always, that's always fun, but I fell in last man standing this weekend. 3,000 people. You are no longer standing. I am no longer standing. 3,000 entries. There were 30 going into this weekend. I took Fresno State minus 8.5. I got some information that Jake Hayner was playing. Jake Hayner did play. The line moved from 8.5 to, by kickoff, it was 12. Wow. And obviously I said, well, you can't well, get mad at yourself for that. I, I, that is extreme closing line value. If, if I, knowing what I did, that Jake Hayner was going to play yeah. and indeed he did play and all that closing line value. If I had to do it over again, I'd make the exact same play. Well, let's also remind people that Fresno state won the football game. They did very, very, uh, Sneakily, sure, it doesn't matter. A win's a win. They won the football game. They just didn't win by enough points. They did not win by enough points. It's not like they lost the game. Had they not come back to win the game, I think it would it, it would look. It stings either way, but I think you can say, man, I was completely on the wrong side of this game, and you still were because of how the game played sure. out. But it's not like it wasn't a bad beat. It's though. not I, like your twelve point yeah. favorite got lost the game. They won the yep. football game. They just didn't cover. It's like I'm not mad that we lost Georgia minus twenty two and a half in the contest when they win the game by twenty two. You know, <laughs> I had I had narrowed down my card to 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 four games and give me the four. Notre Dame was one. Oh. The reason I left them off was because it was so early in the day that it gave me more time to see if there was news on Hainer. Uh, one was the last one I I cut was North Carolina because it was minus two and a half in the contest. Mm. They were minus three and a half in in the market. In hindsight, talked uh, would have been see, great. We talked about North Carolina yeah. too on SOVAM about how if they would have won that game against Notre Dame, like how seriously everybody would, look at them differently. We, we we'd be taking them. Uh, but the other game that I that I almost took was Marshall. And oh, good job! Yeah. They were dead in the water yep. from the start. So it's it's one of those things where I can look at it and say, oh, if I'd done this, maybe. But it, who knows what I would have picked if I had to go a different way? Now, do you know that people have survived all twenty nine? Oh, I'm, yeah, somebody had to have survived. Well, that. you never know. Because, you never know. Because you're the, right. Let me explain. They'll, this. they'll release it on Wednesday. How many people well, survived? Because let me explain this to people. The contest lines come out. In advance. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. And even forget about the Jake Hayner news. If you were just looking at point spreads from Wednesday compared to where they were on Saturday, Fresno State went from an eight and a half point favorite in the contest to a double digit favorite. Yes, it eventually got to 12, but it was at 10 and a half. In a market where you can bet $100,000. Exactly. And so if you are in this contest, honestly, I don't know how all thirty people didn't take because Fresno a lot of State. a lot of people don't wait until Saturday to put in their their their. But bets. you understand they, what I'm trying to say? No, like, I agree. It's, like, it's a no brainer. And if Fezzik was here, he he'd lecture you about the same thing. It's a no brainer when you're getting that many points of value, especially going through key numbers. Like you went through ten. Yeah. Well, listen, huge hindsight, move. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but like I said, don't regret the play. Just regret losing that ah. that always stings but well congratulations for lasting this long man that's impressive thank you i appreciate everybody uh sending the positive vibes my way 
Uh, it was a it was a good run, and we'll try and get him again next year. I'm gonna do something terrible though. What's that? I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna make a pick at you know for the rest of the season just to see oh, what just would to happen. See? Uh, don't do it to yourself. I'm gonna do it to myself. I feel like I need to. I did that last year in Circa Survivor after I was knocked out. What was the what was it week nine when the Cowboys lost as double digit favorites last year? I don't remember what week, but I know that was like the bloodbath. It game. knocked everybody out. Yeah. So last year I had the Cowboys. It, I think it was week nine. I don't even remember because it's just every, all these games and 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 things blend into itself. Um, but the Cowboys lost as as like double digit favorites last year, and so um, I lost in Circus Survivor. I was out. Yeah, week nine against Denver. That's exactly what it was. And then I decided to see, oh, what would I do the next couple of weeks? I think I was eliminated like the next week. Okay. Like then, you Maybe know, I'll get I was, lucky I, and that'll be the case and I'll save myself misery. I just want to see if, I want to see if I need to send uh, hate mail to Fresno State. That's, uh, that's all I need to know. Cowboys were 10-point favorites against the Broncos. We, yeah, I think it was week nine of the NF of the season last year, and they lose 30-16. to 16. Knocking me, painful. everybody out of Circus Survivor. Speaking of Circus Survivor, just to update, like, what had happened uh, on yesterday, because there were, um, you know, we talked about the Falcons being a team that kind of survived, right, a- after yep. the, the, the missed uh, extra point and then the missed field goal in, in overtime, Eddie Pinheiro. Falcons were selected by just 12 people. 61 took the Cowboys, 38 took the Eagles. So the Cowboys and Eagles were the highest selected teams, but really no one was eliminated. Here were the teams that were selected. And I wonder, if you just did a money line parlay. Nobody took the Raiders. Nobody took the Raiders. Wow. Week 8 picks, Circa Survivor. Cowboys, winner. Eagles, winner. Falcons, Dolphins, Seahawks, Titans, Bills, Patriots. Oh, one person took the Colts. They're out. One person took the Jaguars. They're out. So I guess you couldn't money line parlay all of them, but that was it. Uh, the highest selected games in the uh, Circa Millions contest, the number one selected uh, game with over 1,400 picks, Patriots, they covered. Second highest, Titans, they covered. Okay. Think about that. The Titans. Yeah. You, and I think that was because people were maybe trying to play the opposite yep. side. Titans were the second most selected team of the week. They covered. Third most selected was the Raiders. They did not cover. Fourth most selected, the Cardinals. They did, did not, not cover. cover. The fifth most selected team with 1,080 selections. Tonight, the Cleveland Browns. Not us. I think people were looking at the three and a half, seeing the line move to three with Jamar Chase and going with the Cleveland Browns. Our circa entries on Cincinnati tonight yes. because we've got some catching up to do anyway. And if Cincinnati does cover, we go four and one this week. Exactly. So that so. would be nice. Game three of the World Series. Some would call it a pivotal game three of the World Series after since we last spoke. On Friday morning, the Astros blew a 5-0 lead in Game 1, took care of business in Game 2, so 1-1 going back to Philly, just as Scott Seidenberg predicted, although I think in opposite order. In opposite order, yes. (laughs) Uh, And listen, if you had Philly fan complaining about the Astros cheating... Go ahead and cash that minus 4,000 ticket today. Yeah. It's already happened. Martin no Maldonado is using an illegal bat. Framber Valdez is changing gloves. Which he does every game, yeah. by the way. Whatever <laughs> whatever you want to say. And by the way, Martin Maldonado, it's not the, – the guy's a sub-200 hitter. You yeah. want to talk about his bat, like strike him out. And by the way, Albert Pujols uses the same bat. He's been using it for – 20 years. And it's not illegal for performance reasons. No. It's illegal because it splinters for safety, player safety yes. reasons. That's so all it is. It's, people, everyone's just rushing to just come up with some. That's excuse. all you got to do. By the way, this is my favorite thing. Phillies fans ragging on the Mets for complaining about Joe Musgrove's shiny ear. When now Phillies now fans are that complaining guy. about, you know, everything that the Astros are doing. They so. are now that guy. All right. Let's talk about game three. Astros minus 122, 
Philly plus 115 on the comeback. Ooh, this is a tough one for me. I was actually surprised that Rob Thompson decided to go with Noah Syndergaard instead of Ranger Suarez. I know Suarez came in and had that relief appearance in, uh, I guess that was in game one, right, when he came in. So um, maybe Suarez, you know, that could have been like a uh, a bullpen, like, a, you know, a, a bullpen session. Yep. I would have switched it up. I would have went Suarez game three and then Syndergaard game four. And But anyway, I wonder how short the leash is. Last time we saw Syndergaard pitch was in the San Diego game. He only went an inning and a third. That was it. And Syndergaard was, it was coming out of the bullpen, not a start, preparing differently. Okay. He hasn't he hasn't gone longer than three innings in these playoffs. Well, he uh, has been coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, that's it. He got the start against Atlanta, which was his only start of the playoffs. That was in Game Four, and he went three innings. But that was always the plan was for him to go three innings. I wonder if that's the plan from Rob Thompson tonight is to have Syndergaard only go three innings and then have Syndergaard available out of the bullpen. For like game five, you know, or game six or whatever, or just the rest of the series. I think that Rob Thompson's done a tremendous job managing in this playoffs. I think we're going to see Syndergaard for three innings, and then it's going to be Jose Alvarado, maybe bringing in Zach Eflin early. He's going to utilize his relievers in this game. Uh, and this that would make sense to me if the Phillies had the Astros bullpen. The Astros have a much stronger bullpen. Mm-hmm. It feels like the Phillies, they almost need Syndergaard to give them. I think they have to get more than three out of him because you don't want to tax your bullpen so much because it's not super deep. You've got maybe two or three guys you really trust, whereas the Astros feel good throwing almost every reliever out mm-hmm. there. Uh, I, I don't know what the Phillies do here because, like, like I said, they, they haven't thrown Syndergaard more than three innings in these playoffs to me, and from a betting standpoint, and I'll ask you what the move is here, do we look at an over in the first five? I do like that. Or do we look at the Astros in the first five? I like the over in the first five uh, because I think that Philly Philly's bats have been just incredibly hot this entire postseason. Yeah. And I think the home crowd is going to play a factor. I think the Phillies are going to feed off the energy of the crowd and – we could see Philly jump out to a lead early, you know, first inning. We can, like, a, a three-run shot. Uh, or maybe, here's what's going to happen. I saw this game happen already, okay? Move on Phillies, this as if it's already been played. It's it's already been played. Here we go. Phillies, one, two, three inning from Syndergaard in the first. Two strikeouts. Crowd is just electric. Lance McCullers comes out. First batter of the game, what does he do? He walks Kyle Schwarber. Oh. Walks Schwarber. Uh, is it lingering issues from the, the champagne hand? I could I, Maybe they're talking <laughs> about it, maybe they're not. But Kyle Schwarber walks. Second batter of the game, Reese Hoskins, two-run home run. Two-nothing Phillies. JT Real Muto gets out. Bryce Harper doubles. Nick Castellanos drives him in. It's 3-0 Philly in the bottom of the first. They get out of the inning. Okay, McCullers survives the inning, but the bullpen's already warming up. Bullpen's getting warm. What happens? Syndergaard gives it all back. We have a 3-3 game after five innings. Book it. Okay. Book it. Then that would get the job done over four and a half. I'm not a baseball better. But just from a uh, from a common sense standpoint, you got over fade four and a half and in fade, the first yeah, five makes sense to me. These pitchers fade both of these pitchers back and, f- both and of these lineups, and just fade the fact that Noah Syndergaard is probably not going to pitch a full five innings. He's only going three, so I, I like that over in the first five. All right, let's look ahead to tonight's NBA schedule for Halloween night. The Philadelphia 76ers, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the Wizards. The Sacramento Kings, one-point favorites at the Hornets. Indiana Pacers catching eight-and-a-half on the road against the Nets. I don't understand this. The Nets, 
feel like they mm-hmm. are falling apart. Well, this is the second. So this is the the whole playing the same team twice yeah. in a couple of days. The other day, the, the Pacers were heavy underdogs to the Nets. Pacers won that game, 125-116. So you would think, all right, Nets now get revenge at home. I think the line is inflated because of that. So I think the Pacers are the move. Hey, listen, if the Nets lose again to the Pacers, I'm going to have to have a conversation with McKenzie. The Nets need to blow this thing up. They, they need to go ahead and say, you know what? Did you really want to get traded, KD? Because we can do it. Yeah. Uh, you you really want to get waived, Kyrie? We can do that. <laughs> I, I think they really need to consider those things. Hawks, four-point dogs at the Raptors. The Bucks 13-point favorites hosting the Pistons. The Grizzlies, three-and-a-half-point road favorites at Utah. And the Houston Rockets catching nine-and-a-half points at the L.A. Clippers. You want to talk about a team struggling. Clippers have lost four straight games. They lose back-to-back to the Thunder, or they lose to the Suns, then they lose back-to-back to the Thunder, and then they lose to the Pelicans. So we have a, uh, a team that is struggling here, losing four straight, now is a nine-and-a-half-point home favorite. And by the way, I feel like we should give out congratulations to the L.A. Lakers, who finally yes. got a win yeah, last, last night. night. They got their first win. 121-110. The Lakers beat the Nugs. Congratulations, Lakers. You will not go 0-82. Yeah, I was wondering what would happen first. Would the Lakers pick up their first win or the Bucks suffer their first loss? I was wondering what's going to happen first. The Lakers get their first win or the autumnal eclipse. I don't, I don't <laughs> know what was going to happen. All right, what's going on on the ice? Just three games on your Halloween night schedule. The Red Wings are at the Sabres. Buffalo minus 140 favorites, total of six and a half. The Capitals visit the Hurricanes. Carolina, minus 190 with a total of 6.5. And And the Kings are at the Blues. St. Louis, minus 120 with a total of 6. A clean sweep, 2-0 yesterday with the hockey picks. uh, Improving the season-long standings, AJ, on pregame.com to 23-8-1 on the season. Uh, had a up and down weekend, but nice to end it with a two and O Sunday. So if you have the hockey package from pregame.com, all my NHL picks, 23, eight and one on the season. And I'll have picks pretty much every single day of the hockey season. If you do not have the hockey package and you would like to get it, I'm going to give you $50, $50 off. I almost said 50% off, which I think I'd get fired. If you I said might that. get fired. So $50 off. That's a good deal and acceptable. And this is the last time you're going to be able to do it. Okay. Because apparently. We've given you chance after chance after chance. Well, this is what happened. So last week, apparently too many people used the coupon. Oh. I'm giving away too much money, they said. <laughs> so this is the, this, this is the last day. I'm going to come up with another coupon tomorrow, but <laughs> this is the last day you can use this one. Promo code ICE ICE. Baby. No, just ICE ICE. If you use the promo code ICE ICE, you will get my season long NHL package $50 off. So go to pregame.com, click on buy picks, left hand side of the screen, you'll see my name, Scott Seidenberg. Get the season-long NHL package, 23-8-1 to start the season, $50 off. Use the promo code ICEICE. Uh, we have a ton of packages available on pregame.com. The Beat McKenzie Rivers NBA contest is still going on. I know the season started already, but jump right in because it's a free chance to win $1,000. The, the person that wins the most units in this contest is going to win $500 for free. And then if you win more units than what McKenzie did last year in the NBA. Which, you, good luck. You get an, But if you do, you get an extra $500 yeah. for and free. It's, and it's free to enter. Yeah, yeah. You're a fool for not doing it. So you go to pregame.com, you click on contests, and you find the Beat McKenzie Rivers NBA contests. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter. He's AJ is the real. I'm at Scott's on air. Send AJ a nice note. He's out of last man standing. He he, he outlasted. I don't need any more nice he notes. He outlasted 2,700 people. That's 2,700, right? 2,700 people. It's actually 2,970, but who's counting? Oh, because it was three? It was close to 3,000, so, yeah. Okay, all right. You see, this is why I don't do math, people. But that's darn impressive. 
Uh, we will continue to uh, give you some great insight, as we always do here on the Straight Out of Vegas podcast feed. If you are listening on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed, which we simulcast on Mondays and on Fridays, you got to listen to the Straight Out of Vegas AM feed. So search for Straight Out of Vegas AM wherever you get your podcasts from. This is us asking you to do us a favor. Yeah. Do, do us, us a solid. Yeah. Do us a solid. Search for it wherever you get your podcasts from. Hit that follow button, subscribe button. Leave us a little bit of a rating and review and get every episode each and every morning downloaded directly to your device. And we will be with you each and every morning straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.